Well, it is 2024, and to start off 2024, the Big D are ready to talk all things Miami Dolphins. Getting ready to play the 272 second and final regular season game of the 2023 season. Before I bring in George Reed, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We'll start in 2024 off of a bang. Also, check out the Big Deep Podcast for all the audio listeners, Spotify, and Apple. So, if you remember week 10, my guest talked all things 49ers. Well, he's back talking all things Miami Dolphins with me tonight. So, high point, bringing in George Reed to talk. Miami Dolphins fin and win. So, Georgia, I know this. You and I are both sick of the Baltimore Ravens kicking the crap out of all <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it, it's been a rough go for, especially for me. Like, they, 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 they've whooped my butt the last couple of weeks. Uh, I covered the, the 49ers for High Point, um, and, and that, that's the team I cover. And it's been a great year covering the 49ers. I've, I've absolutely enjoyed it. I, I've learned a lot. Um, it's been good times because it's a good team and they've been winning. But man, going up against that buzz uh, that was Baltimore, that was brutal. I, I was honestly sick from that game. Uh, I literally got sick. I was I had a flu or, uh, or a cold or some type of bug that I just could not shake. And then this past week, uh, my beloved, my the team that has my heart, the one I love for and I cheer for, and no team in the NFL will ever break my heart like the Miami Dolphins seem to do every single year. Uh, the Miami Dolphins got their butts waxed up in uh, up in Baltimore, 56-13. It was just a terrible game. Uh, we, we lost Bradley Chubb. A- Xavier Howard w- left the game in a walking boot. Tua hurt his arm. Like, there's just injuries galore all over the place for the Dolphins right now. Yeah, watching a game, game started out pretty well with the Dolphins scoring, and then all of a sudden, it seemed like the Tyree Kill drop like started the open the floodgates. Yeah, I, I sent a tweet, uh, and some people tried to push back on it, but I, I said as soon as Tyreek dropped that wide open touchdown, which is Tyreek's had some some Tyreek's been phenomenal. Let me let me let me start there. Tyreek has been absolutely phenomenal this year. I am so glad the Miami Dolphins traded for him. He was worth everything they traded away to get him. He's worth every dollar that they're paying him. Every 30, they're paying him $30 million a year. He's worth every single penny and then some. But he's had a couple of plays this year that really just make you scratch your head and and, and know it's just way out of character for for the player that is Tyreek Hill. Like against the uh who was it? The Kansas City Chiefs, where he caught the ball and then he was running, they tackled him, but then they stripped him of the ball and it, uh, they returned it for a touchdown. Like, that was just a fluke play that you just don't see from Tyreek Hill at all during the year. Like, he, he's one of the best with getting down before contact. If you watch him play, he doesn't take a lot of contact. He always gets down before the defenders actually get a chance to hit him. And then he's just had a couple of bad drops. And this one was wide open, hit him right in the hands, in the end zone. He had the ball. It, it – shimmied a little bit and it popped up and went out the back of the end zone and i said from that point forward it seemed like the momentum had changed and and because we went we were we were only up 10-7 instead of 14-7 um the raider the ravens rather had not given up 10 points in the first quarter all year 
Uh, but they just, from that point on, the, the momentum shifted and they just waxed the Dolphins. It was not even close. Yeah, it wasn't just beating the Dolphins, but the Ravens were doing is throwing deep bombs. I mean, yep. the ball, I mean, seemingly Baltimore making one in catches, the likely one, the Odell making another Odell catch. Probably the bet. Biggest play was that 75 yarder to Zay Flowers. So I think he's still running by the Dolphin. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm going to push back. I think the, the best one handed catch was by Roquan Smith, uh, <laughs> where, where he intercepted uh, Tua Tagovailoa and returned that interception for, for a touchdown. Uh, that was an absolute heck of a play by Roquan Smith. If you watch the play, you'll notice at no point did Tua look off the receiver uh he stared him down the entire way and roquan smith just read his eyes and ate his lunch on that play uh it was something to what tagovailoa uncharacteristically had done all year he's been great at moving the linebackers where he wants them to go and looking off his receivers and using his eyes to get the linebackers to kind of move around it did not work on that play he never looked them off and roquan made it a, just a gem of a catch uh, with his one, with the one-handed interception, uh, it, it was probably the best catch in my opinion of the entire day, and it was by a defender. Maybe the Ravens should use Rokon Smith in the same way New England used Mike Vrabel twenty years ago. <laughs> That's funny because you knew when Mike Vrabel, uh, when when he went in the game for New England, you knew he was getting the ball. He wasn't going in there to block. He was. They were. They had some type of a trick play that was going to him. And nine times out of ten, that's exactly what it did. It went to him. Uh, it, God, Mike Vrabel was so good. He's a good coach too. And and by the way, unlike the uh, Detroit Dallas fiasco, he what Vrabel was always eligible. Yeah, yeah, he he reported, and I don't want to get too deep into that. All I'm going to say is the refs that that were refereeing that game, they messed that play up. That 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 they. They absolutely reported the ref called the wrong number and then da Dallas defended the wrong number. And that's the only reason why uh, 68 was open because they said 70 was reported. They told Dallas 70 is eligible. And so Dallas defended 70 and 68 was the one that caught the, uh, the two point conversion. The refs completely blew that play. That was And they're like, oh, no, 70 reported 70 reported. No, he did not. You didn't look. You missed the number. Just accept responsibility. Say you messed up. You know you're human. Take your lump. Take your L and, and move on. But yeah, after after that play, they and then the the interception and, and the stop. But they got uh, an offsides. They should have kicked the the field goal and gone to overtime. They should not have gone for two. Maybe Dan Kim. Maybe Dan Kim will got too much into the emotion of the game. I, I think Dan Campbell took uh, some pre-workout right before uh, the, the start of the fourth quarter, and I think it was kicking in because, uh, listen, Dan Campbell, uh, shout out to him. He was a tight end coach for the Dolphins. He was an interim head coach for us at one point. I liked the guy, but and I, I liked the mentality of, no, we're not trying to tie and go to overtime with Dallas. We're, we're trying to go for the win. I, I respect that call. The, the first play was, was, was absolutely fantastically drawn up and it got screwed up by the rest. But uh, at some point, you just 
go for the go for the tie. You get three opportunities to win the game, uh, and, and to see the sequence where you make it, but the, the penalty on you. Yeah, you, you don't make it. Penalty on the defense. You're seven yards away, or no, you're four yards away now. You're not. You're not even two yards away. You're four yards away. Don't, don't, don't tempt it. Just take, take the the extra point at that point, and and you know try to win it in overtime. I think I think next time that's what he'll do. I think he'll learn a lesson from it. Well, Bianca, how did you think two a fair? Because I mean, yeah, two is that used throwing a lot of interception through a couple. To, threw the couple to the other team. It seemed like Tua was also in the rest because he was sacked three times and faced a lot of pressure. And trust me, we know what the Ravens' pass rush has done to everybody this year. Yeah, the, their 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 pass defense is is one of the best in the entire NFL. Um, there, there's absolutely no denying that. Um, as far as how I thought he fared, I don't think he did very good, to be honest. Uh, he completed 57% of his passes, which I believe is the lowest amount of uh, completion percentage for him on the year. Um, he had 237 yards, two touchdowns, the two interceptions. The two interceptions were killer because uh, the one, I think it was the Rokon Smith one, was they were rushing up to the line for the two-minute warning and, and at the end of the first half. There's no need to rush. You've got the take your, you got three timeouts. You got the two minute warning. There's no need to rush. You're not trying to catch the team off, uh, the Ravens off guard. Just take the timeout or take the two minute warning. Don't try to beat the clock. It was just a bad decision. I don't know if it was Tua's. I don't know if it was Mike McDaniel. Whoever was the decider on that, that was horrible. Uh, that, that put you in a real hole going down right before the start of the, uh, third quarter because when you came in in the third quarter Baltimore had the ball so they got the the touchdown at the two minute warning I think they scored again and then they they, they got the ball back to start the third quarter so I think there was like between the two minute warning and the, their first possession in the third quarter I think they had 20 they went up 21 points uh, it was just it was just it was bad it was really bad yeah both and it's just you can't make mistakes against the Ravens because Baltimore. I almost think Baltimore's like a boxer that just keep coming after you, keep coming after you, and eventually all those jabs are turning into a knockout, and all of a sudden that fumble or interception will lead the points. I mean, I saw it with Trevor Lawrence week fifteen. We both saw it with the you know, with the Niners. Can't Brock Purdy played arguably the worst game of his NFL career, and you could argue too played maybe the worst game of his of the, this season. Yeah, yeah, it's the Ravens are they're, they're a very good team. Like that that team is is very well put together. Um, they probably have the MVP at quarterback, and I I don't care what his stats are. Um, yes, he doesn't lead the league in really any offensive category. Like he, he's not the most efficient quarterback. He doesn't have the highest QBR. He, he doesn't lead the league in completion percentage. He doesn't lead the league in total touchdowns for a quarterback. He doesn't lead the league in total touchdowns from the quarterback position. He doesn't lead the league in passing touchdowns. 
He doesn't lead the league in rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks. He doesn't lead the league in any major offensive statistical category. But if you watch him play and you look at him with your eyeballs. He's, he's the, the most indefensible, he's the most indefensible quarterback in the game. You can have the perfect defense and the ball just puts just throws a puts a rat throws a rabbit out of his helmet. Yeah. You 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 look at what he was able to do against some of the best teams in the league. Miami's defense coming into this game was a top five defense. They dropped fifty six on them. Coming into the game uh, in uh, San Francisco, they dropped 33 on the 49ers, who had the best defense in the league. Uh, listen, I'm, your Jaguars, listen, the Jaguars held them to 23 points. Like, I'm big D, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for your Jaguars. They <laughs> held them to 23 points. But, uh, like, the, the Ravens, the Rams, Rams are one of the best teams in the league right now. Ravens dropped 37 on them and beat them. Like, they've beaten the Rams, the Jaguars, the 49ers, and the Dolphins the last four weeks. Every single one of them is a playoff team. So, I, I don't care what his numbers are. If you watch him on the field, like, he is electric. He's unstoppable. He's clearly the most valuable player in the league. I don't I don't care about the stats. The stats are what they are. Uh but yeah, Lamar Jackson is is absolutely phenomenal. Now the question is what's gonna happen in the playoffs, but we'll save that for another day. Um yep. Miami Miami's a little banged up. Miami uh was ba heavily banged up going into the game and last week against the Ravens didn't help Bradley Chubb. Gone for the year. Xavier Howard left the yep. game in a walking boot. Two are left for his shoulder, but I think he'll be fine. Raheem Moser and Jalen Water both missed the game. So, uh, Miami, how how will Miami replace Chubb? Uh, uh, because I heard Cam Waits coming in retirement. I'm like, isn't he like 95 <laughs> years old? <laughs> Listen, I love Cam Wake. Uh, he, he, he was an absolute beast for the dolphins. Uh, I believe he came over from was either the CFL or was it NFL Europe or something like that? I Canada. What, yeah. Canada. He came over from the CFL dominated in the NFL. He was one of the best edge rushers in the league. Uh, and, 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 and so I loved cam wake. Don't, don't get it twisted. I love that. He, he's not going to help this team. Um, what we what we're going to end up doing is uh we've got emmanuel ogba who not last year but the year before um was a really good edge rusher for the dolphins uh they signed him to a huge contract and he has it's no fault of his own um he has not lived up to that contract uh, largely because they then went out and traded for bradley chubb and they they drafted jalen phillips and there just wasn't enough there to to get Agba consistent snaps. So it's not anything he's done wrong. It's just they brought in a lot more talented guys than him. But they're going to give Emmanuel Agba a chance. Um, they they're bringing back. Um, uh, 
what's the name of the linebacker that they're bringing back? He was with the team last year. I can't think of his name. Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, they're, they're bringing Melvin Ingram back. Uh, they signed him to the practice squad. So I, I expect Melvin Ingram to, to be elevated. And, you know, it's, you, you can't replace Jalen Phillips. You cannot replace Bradley Chubb. Uh, th- those guys are some of the best edge rushers in the game. Uh, the the way that they've been been playing, Bradley Bradley Chubb, in my opinion, was a was a Pro Bowl snub. Uh, I thought he absolutely deserved to be in the Pro Bowl. Uh, t- I think he's got ten and a half sacks on the season. He's one of the the most dominant edges in the in the league right now. The way he's been playing this year, um, but you can't replace that. So you're you're just hoping that these guys can come in and, and make an impact. You don't ask them to replace Bradley Chubb. You don't ask them to replace Jalen Phillips. You just kind of hope that they can play up to the level that that you know they can play at, and everybody else around them has to step up their game as well. Well, I mean, if you look at Andrew Van Ginkle, he's like Mr. Do-Everything for the Dolphins. Like, he'll play yep. rough linebacker, middle linebacker, special. I saw him return a pick six against the Commanders. Oh, wait, everybody returns pick sixes against the Commanders. <laughs> Yeah, a- Andrew has been uh, with the Dolphins for uh, for a while, and he's he's been an absolute gem uh, for for the Dolphins this year. He's he he's literally their Mister Do Everything. And no matter where you ask him to play, he'll play, and he plays at a very high level. And a lot of that is because there's so much other talent on that defense that is around him that he's not really considered a focal point for the opposing defenses. Like when you had Jalen Phillips and you had Bradley Chubb, um, you got Christian Wilkins up there in the, in the front, you've got David long, you've got Javon Holland, you've got, you know, Jalen Ramsey, you've got Xavier Howard, like you've got all these guys. And, and Andrew Van Ginkle, even though he's playing fantastic, he's not somebody that, you know, opposing defenses have to stop what they're doing to, to focus on him and him specifically. And I think that allows him to flourish. Um, so I, I'm absolutely – I love what we've gotten from, from Andrew Van Ginkle this year. He's, he has been nothing short – and I, I, I use the word stud a lot, but he's – truly been a stud for this team. Yeah, and an unsung hero. Yep, exactly. He's definitely an unsung hero. Uh, we, and we've got a, actually got a couple of them on defense, to be honest. Um, Duke Riley, uh, we, our right inside linebacker, that we just got him back from uh, a stint on the injured reserve. Like, he's really freaking good as well. Uh, another one, Zach Sealer. Former, uh, woo, excuse me, I just hit the computer. Uh, former, former Baltimore Raven, to be exact. Um, he's he's been playing very well for for the Dolphins as well. Uh, we've gotten uh, a lot of our a lot of our players to step up uh, and, and and play expanded roles that they really weren't expected to play, um, and so that's it's been a blessing. Uh, the Vic Fangio is the new defensive coordinator. And this is their first year implementing his style of defense. And it started out very, very slow for the Dolphins on defense. 
But ever since we got Jalen Jalen Ramsey back, like that defense has really picked up the the level of play. Uh, you wouldn't know it by watching the Ravens game, um, but it, it's it's not the same defense that it was at the beginning of there. It's it's gotten a lot better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it also helped that you you didn't face Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. You faced you faced. The Jets starting quarterback Sam Howell. Well, we we, we, we we played we played uh, we played Justin Herbert the first week of the season, uh, and, and over in San Diego. We that was our our only West Coast trip of the year was Week One, and we went over to San Diego and we beat we we beat Justin Herbert in San Diego, um, and then Week Four we played Josh Allen in Buffalo and. And and they they whooped our butt. They, we got we got our butt kicked in Buffalo. We always get our butt kicked in Buffalo. That's, uh, I mean, it, at least you didn't have to. At least you didn't have to freeze your butts on like week fifth, on like the snow game last year. The the actually the snow game last year we we did better in Buffalo than we did this year. Uh, I think last year the two games we played in Buffalo, uh, one was a regular season game and then one was in the playoffs. Um, and I think both games combined, we lost by six points. Uh, and both of those games were with uh, Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Neither one of those games. Who started the snow game in Buffalo? Skylar, Skylar Thompson, our backup. No, two have played the first Buffalo game. Yeah, that was in Miami. Yeah, that was in Miami because because all the, the Buffalo Bills fans were complaining that Miami's sideline is shaded because so the the way that they they they've got their stadium built is when the sun rises it comes down and it shines down on the opposing uh the opposing sideline and it was like that for both teams um for like the last 15 or 16 years and then the NFL mandated that they put a canopy to cover the fans so the fans aren't sitting in the in the South Florida sun roasting during games so they put these canopies up to cover the fans and what they what they also did is they said okay well if we're going to cover the fans we're going to use a canopy to cover our sideline as well well they they covered the home team sideline not the visiting team sideline and and for the first time in a whole bunch of years uh buffalo bill fans were complaining because the temperature was different on the sidelines Yeah, that, that that game Miami won by like two points. It was it was a weird game. Like Josh Allen had 500 yards of offense, and the but, Bills self destructed at the end of both halves. Yeah, they they had like 500 yards of offense compared to the Dolphins, uh, like 200. Um, the time of possession was like the Bills had the ball for like 15 minutes more than the Dolphins, and and the Buffalo Bills offense just could not score. Like they would march all the way down down the field, get in the red zone, and then it would either be a turnover or a turnover on downs or just something ridiculous to where they could not they, they couldn't punch it in, and and because they didn't go for the field goals, they didn't score. It was just the weirdest game. And then Miami would come out and just you know dink dunk right down the field, go down, and we 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 got enough points to to eventually win the game. It was it was a weird game. They didn't deserve to win it. But as a Dolphins fan, listen, I'll take a win. I don't care if it's cute, if it's ugly, if it's pretty, if it's, if it's a complete game. 
I don't care. As long as the final score is we win, we win. Your punter kicked into his own. Your punter kicked into his own personal protector. He did. It was a weird. I said it was a weird game. It it really was. But you know what? I need to go back and watch that game because I enjoyed it only because of the fact we won. Like, had we lost, okay, I would not have enjoyed that game. But we won, so I, I'm allowed to enjoy the games we win. Do you do you think that uh, Raheem Mostert and Jalen Water A should play or and B will play this weekend? Um. So I I would like I would like to see Jalen Waddle out there. Um, I think what his presence on the field does for that offense is tremendous. It absolutely helps the offense in more ways than one. Even if he's a, a decoy, like you still have to strategize and you still have to game plan to stop Jalen Waddle, even if he's not at a hundred percent because he's so fast. He's so electric. Uh, he's, he's a really good football player. Um, he's got, you know, this is his third year in a row since every year since his rookie season, He's had a, he's he's starting the Mike Evans trend. Uh, he, he's had over a thousand yards every year that he's been in the league so far. So that's not something that you can ignore. You have to pay attention to, and you have to put a defender on him. So even if he's not a hundred percent, even if he's out there as a decoy, I'm okay with it. I would like to see him out there. Raheem Moster, on the other hand, I don't necessarily believe he needs to be out there. Um, I really, really, really like Devon A. Chain. Uh, what he can do with the ball in his hands is he's electric. Um, he almost had a couple of long runs against the Ravens. Uh, he had to make one or one or one guy missed. I missed there, and he he would have absolutely had some long runs. So I I really and he's he's good in the receiving game as well. So I really really like Devon A. Chain. Uh, Jeff Wilson is a serviceable back. He's he's not nothing to write home about. He's not somebody, you know, that strikes fear in the heart of an opposing team. But what he does out in the field is very similar to Raheem Mostert. So if Mostert is not ready to go and he's not 100%, I, knowing that we've already clinched a playoff spot, knowing you've got a guy back there like Devon A-Chain who – who just tore, I mean, he was the best thing on offense for the Miami Dolphins last week against that Baltimore Ravens team. Uh, he had over a hundred rushing yards. Um, it, it was, he had 107 rushing yards. He averaged 7.6 yards per touch. So he was absolutely phenomenal and electric. This in the entire NFL. So I'm, not overly concerned about if Moster can go or not. Um, so yeah, that's that would be the answer. Really overly concerned if uh, Moster plays or not. I mean, it's such a big game. I think the Dolphins should play. I mean, Miami gave Tyreek an extra week coming off the high ankle sprain, and Tyreek Hill was a nightmare against Dallas. Caught what nine balls? So. I don't think I mean, nobody's 100 percent at this point. Uh, well, that's I, the other thing. Like, I'm—he'll probably play. 
Uh, but I know Tyreek's dealing with he, his house caught on fire today. Oh, no. I mean, it's not NFL. <laughs> trust me. I bet, trust me. It's still we NFL about news. It. Yeah. So I mean, that makes so so me I mean, faster this weekend. I mean, they're like, your house catching on fire. And listen, I get it. Tyreek's got, you know, he makes $30 million a year. Okay. He's got money to replace everything that was damaged, right? Like he's got his, his house was $6.9 million when he bought it. He's not hurting for money. He'll be able to replace everything, but you have like, we have to remember these guys are human beings. And when your house catches on fire and your, your possessions are, 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 are burnt down, like that's going to affect you. So I don't know if he's going to play this weekend or not. I would assume that he is. Um, but like, it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't play, to be honest. I expect him to, but it, like I could understand, you know, if he says, hey, you know, I've got, you know, this real life personal issue that needs to be dealt with. I'm not going to be able to make the game on Sunday. Like I would get that. As a fan, I get it. I would be upset. I expect him to play, but I wouldn't, you know, I would also understand if he didn't for those reasons. Well, to close out the regular season, the NFL selected a, uh, Divisional showdown between the Bills and Dolphins. And, wow, I mean, think back to what happened last year. Think back to week four where Buffalo won 48-20. I know this. Dolphin fans are probably thinking, how do we stop Josh Allen on Sunday? Especially of our two best pass rushers. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. Yeah. that that's a question the Dolphins have been asking since Josh Allen's gotten into the league. How do you how do you stop Josh Allen? He absolutely crushes the Dolphins every single time he plays the Dolphins. Uh, I think five times that he's played us, he's ended up of of all the times he's played us, I think uh, five of the times he's ended up as the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Like that's how good he's been against this Dolphin team. Um, now. I, I, I will throw in the caveat that a lot of those games were when the Dolphins, um, but he absolutely crushed us in those games. I, I, I've been saying that as of last year, the rebuild was over. And last year in the regular season, the Dolphins were one and one. We lost to them in the playoffs um, in a three-point game in Buffalo with our backup quarterback. Now we went up to Buffalo this year and coming off of a 70-point win, we got stomped. So it's back to the drawing board. I don't know how you're going to stop Josh Allen, but uh, I'm hoping as banged up as we are, you know, it's we, the Dolphins have, have been taking his next man up mentality all year long. And hopefully, you know, our guys step up that, that, that we need to step up and they, they play the roles that they're designated to play. And hopefully we can clinch that number two seed. And hopefully we get a little bit of help from uh, Pittsburgh Hopefully we get a little bit of help from uh, Jacksonville and the bills don't even make the playoffs. And that would be the best way to end the NFL regular season. Uh, Yeah, because if you look at it, I think the Steelers and Jags both need the win. And then if the bills lose on Sunday, Buffalo could be out of the playoffs because the bills could could be out on like the 15th tiebreak. And so, well, well, they, they, they would have the same record. I believe they'd have the same record as the Jags. 
and the Jags hold the head-to-head tiebreaker because Jacksonville. Well, we could end up winning the AFC South anyway if we win. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, listen, I, I, I'm cheering for the Jags. I'm, I'm cheering for the Steelers who seem to suddenly have a realistic chance at beating Baltimore with no Lamar Jackson playing this weekend. Okay, so the, Steelers, so the Steelers are just going to win every game and give Mike Tomlin like no under five hundred seasons, right? Listen, there there have been people who saying the Steelers should have been fired Mike Tomlin this year, and I'll tell you what, like you don't fire a coach that does nothing but give you winning season after winning season after winning season. Since the last four years, do you know how many teams have had winning records every? Single year. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I, me see if I guess. Okay. Well, we Kansas know one of them City. is the Steelers. We know one's the Steelers because Mike Tomlin never has a record below 500. Kansas so we know, City. We know that one. <laughs> Kansas City's one of them. Yep, that's two. There's two more. Uh, one of them's got to be the Bills, right? Yep, the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. Well, I can't beat the Niners because nope. I, can't, I can't beat the Niners. Hmm. Uh, Baltimore? Nope. Oh, gosh. I, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you a hint. Philly. Can't be Miami, right? It is Miami. It is. The Bills, the Dolphins, the... Uh, uh, the Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs are the only four teams to have winning records the last four years consecutively. Yeah, yeah, and improve. Well, but and improves that offensive defense mind coaches can win games, but generally offensive mind coaches are going to win Super Bowls. Yeah, yep. maybe that changes in Baltimore, but we'll see. How do you think that – I mean, I don't know what to think of the Bills because, look, I mean, Buffalo barely beat the Chargers and then struggled. I mean, it's got like three or four turnovers from Barry Zappi and only beat, New England, only beat New England by six. I mean, how do you think Miami attacks the Bills in this game? Well, the Bills, the Bills are a wounded, desperate team, and desperate teams – I think are dangerous. Um, the 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 teams that that they have beaten, like they beat the Chiefs twenty, like the last four weeks. This is the actually we'll go back the last six weeks. They beat the Jets. They lost to the Eagles in a really close game, 37-34. That was in Philadelphia. Uh, they they beat the Chiefs twenty to seventeen in Kansas City. They they boat raced the Cowboys thirty one to ten. And, and which are, you know, Philadelphia, Kansas City, and Dallas. Like, those are those are good teams. I, I don't care what, excuse me, what anybody says about, you know, the Chiefs' record and their offensive weapons. We're not. Listen, they're a playoff team. They're winning their division. They got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. They're a good team. Uh, their defense is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, but then they come out and they really struggle against the the backup quarterback who against the chargers with no Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams. They just fired their head coach and they go to San Diego and they win 24, 22. 
Uh, and then the Patriots, like it's a division rivalry. I get that. But the Patriots are not a good team. And they, the, the Patriots beat them once already this year. And they went out and they, they, they Buffalo won 27-21. So it's, it seems like it's a story of, of Jekyll and Hyde. You know, they, they, they play really good and, 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 and can blow out and put points up against really, really good teams. But when they play bad teams, it seems like they almost play down to their competition. Um, I, I fully expect that Josh Allen is going to come out and play hero ball. And I, I, I expect Buffalo to literally give everything they've got because they have to, um, to, to win this game. I think if we're smart, we, we put Jalen Ramsey and we tell Jalen Ramsey, Hey, you're shadowing Stefan Diggs. We're, we're not going to, you know, put you on the left side of the field and just take away half the field and let Stefan Diggs go crazy and go ham um, against Eli Apple and Cater Kohu on the right side of the field. I don't think that's winning football. I, I think we really need to, to shadow Stefan Diggs with our best player. Um, and then you got to hope that the run defense shows up that can slow down James Cook and contain Josh Allen. Um, outside of that, like Dalton Kincaid, Gabe Davis, uh, Khalil Shakir, like these are good players, but they're not guys that really scare anybody. So I would try to take away their best player, which is Stefan Diggs, and say, now you got to go out and try to beat us. And I don't know if that'll work or not. I feel like that's what they did with Baltimore. But I think with Baltimore, what they were trying to do is take away Lamar Jackson and not let him beat you with his legs. And by doing that, they allowed him to beat him with their arm. And it it just, the, the defensive game plan just did not work. Well, you better have a better game plan. You better have a good game plan against Seth things because he killed you in week four, oh, yeah. six for 20 and three scores. Yeah. Well, and, and again, we didn't, we didn't have Jalen Ramsey that game. Uh, our, our, the defense at the beginning of the year was was not very good, and I I, I attribute a lot of that to we're learning a new scheme because we got a new defensive coordinator, so we're still we were still in the process of learning this Vic Vangio defense. It's completely different than the defenses that this team had been running in previous years under Brian Flores and and his disciples. Um, that they, they were a really blitz heavy team. Uh, under Flores and uh, Mike McDaniel's first year. I think, I can't even remember who we had for the defensive coordinator, but they, they kept the defensive coordinator from the previous regime. They did not replace him. And he ran the Brian Flores defense, which is a, a real blitz heavy defense. And it just, it, it did not work. And coming over to a Vic Fangio defense, we, you don't blitz as much. There's not a whole lot of pre-snap movement. So, when the quarterback gets under center to snap the ball, everybody's in position and they don't really show what kind of coverage or defense they're running. And then when the quarterback snaps the ball, that's when everybody moves into new positions and, and is, is playing a different kind of defense than what was showed pre-snap. So it challenges the quarterbacks to read the defense live versus being able to walk up to the line, look at the defense and say, okay, this is what the defense is running. This guy's, 
you know, covering over here. This linebacker is covering over. This guy's going to blitz. It's it's totally different, and I think it took a while to learn that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we go out and we do get boat raced on on Sunday. To be honest, just because history is not on the Dolphins' side against the Bills. Um, it, it, I'm hoping we go out and we win. I would. I've already said I would love to see them lose and get eliminated from the playoffs. That would be just an A plus award for the NFL script writers to, to give Buffalo all this hope of making the number two seed and then having it all ripped away week 18. Like that would make me happy. But as a, as a dolphin fan, who's been a fan of this team since about 1996, there's just been a lot of heartbreak. And so it would not surprise me to see the dolphins go out, lay an egg and us take the uh, the sixth seed as well. I'll tell you what Miami's got to do. I think the Dolphins have – it's funny, funny because you think Mike and McDaniel, you think two with Tyreek Hill. I think Miami's got to run the ball. Yes. I know you think I know you think I'm crazy. I think Miami's no. got to run the ball because Miami's got to win the game with its offense on the field. I'm not sure Miami's going to stop Josh Allen. The Dolphins cannot have – have not, cannot, and will not stop Josh Allen. But you know what will stop Josh Allen? Have him, drinking, have him drinking Gatorade all nine. Yep. Sitting on the sideline. Not being able to get on the field would, would stop Josh Allen. Um, so, no, I agree. Um, Dolphins this year have been one of the better uh, rushing teams. Um, they average 137 rushing yards a game which is fifth, the, the, the problem with that. So you think that they do run the ball a lot, knowing that, you know, they, they run the ball. They're fifth in the league for total rushing yards per game. The problem is, is, is they average so many and they get so many big chunks and, and so many boom plays. They lead the league in boom plays, uh, which is, uh, I believe it's yards, uh, rush yards over 10, and passing yards over twenty, uh, I I I think those what they consider boom plays, and I think Miami leads the league in those. Hey, if you get three or four of those, that doesn't matter either. No, but the problem the problem with with the boom plays, and they're listen, they're they're absolutely fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't take up a whole lot of time on the clock. So so they you you hit these big explosive explosive plays, and you go down and you score. And you look down and, you know, you got 36 rushing yards on that drive. You've got, you know, 28 passing yards and you scored a touchdown, but you look and you were only on the field for like two minutes and 38 seconds. <laughs> so, so you're hey, not sustainable drives because hey, you're going you down. 45 to 10, it won't matter how you win the game. This is true. I Listen, I, I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, we do run the ball. The problem is, is we don't eat up enough clock when we do run the ball because it's such a high-powered offense. Um, and and the, the other thing is it's, it is in Miami, which is nice because Miami is a much better uh, home team than on the road. Uh, I'm sure you wish this was a 1 o'clock game rather than an 8 oh, o'clock. Oh, I absolutely I, – I wish, I wish this game was, was a 1 o'clock game week three. <laughs> Come down to <laughs> Miami in the middle of the – Yes, uh, October, November, 
early middle October, early November, when it's still 96 degrees outside and you get on the field and it feels like 120. Absolutely. I would much prefer that than an eight o'clock cool game. It'll probably be in the seventies. Uh, it, it won't be too hot. Yeah, no, the, the, I mean, yeah, I absolutely wish that it was later in the er, earlier in the day. Absolutely. I do, but it's also a primetime game and, and with, with so much on the line, like you shouldn't need to get up for this game. If you're a dolphin fan, you shouldn't need to get up for this game. If you're a dolphins player, you shouldn't need to get up for this game. If you're a bills fan or a bills player, like this is literally for all the marbles. Uh, this is for the AFC East uh, and it's two division rivals and it, it's, it's, for, it's for everything. Everything is online this game and it's in Miami. There's not, there, there's nothing more you could ask for. When's the last time you remember the Dolphins having a big game like this? Years. It's been years. Uh, it could gosh. Um, yeah, I, I want to say, uh, what was the year that the Dolphins won the AFC East where Tom Brady 2008. was in 2008. It had to, had to go back to 2008 then, eh, you know, 15 years ago. Excuse me, now it's almost 16 years ago because we just rolled over the new calendar year. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a while. Miami, you know, we, 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 we've had some, some really poor coaching decisions. We've had some really questionable draft decisions. Uh, we, we've had really, really questionable free agent signings. Um, I'll never, I'll never forgive them for taking the hometown kid and Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees because Drew Brees wanted to come play for Miami and the doctors that checked him out said, Nope, his shoulder is too injured. It'll never be the same. And they checked out Dante Culpepper and said, Oh yeah, his knee will be fine. It shouldn't affect his play on the field. And boy, that was just an absolute disaster. Uh, Drew Brees, yep. Drew Brees went on to be a hall of fame quarterback, win a couple Super Bowls for new Orleans. And I think Dante Culpepper was here for two years and then, then Dolphins ran him out of town. And, and, and we've been looking for a quarterback ever since. And I think we finally, we've got our franchise guy. Um, they're, they're going to resign him in the off season. They're going to give him a, a huge contract. Um, I, I think they're going to give him 45, close to 50 million a year, to be honest. Yep. Well, Which is going right for quarterbacks. So. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, seemingly some guys perform better in November and December. I mean, see, Tom Brady always played well, but it seemed like he got better when the weather was cooler. You know, Pat Mahomes has been great. Uh, uh, seemingly, Matt LaFleur's teams always win in December. But yep. – Tua seems to struggle in December. Is, is Tua built for December and January football? Oh, yeah, of course he is. Uh, yeah, he's absolutely – like, I think I think the, the train of thought that these guys can't play in cold weather is kind of ridiculous, to be honest. Um yeah, it's a warm weather team, right? Like they're down in Miami. You don't have any team further south, closer to the equator in the entire league than the Dolphins. Um, but these guys can go play in in cold weather. Um, Tua would have done it last year if he didn't suffer a, a a litany of concussions, and then he suffered the 
he looked great at, at towards the end of the year last year in the first half against Green Bay, suffered a concussion, and then came out in, in the second half. And at the beginning of the second half, he suffered his concussion. It wasn't caught, and he played like dog poop. And then he sat out the rest of the year. Um, so I think he could play. The, the, the thinking that these guys can't perform well when it's cold, like look at what they did last year in Buffalo. Uh, they, they, they went up to Buffalo with their backup quarterback, and they only lost by three points. And they had that game. If they had gotten one more stop on a fourth down, that they would have beaten Buffalo in Buffalo. And and this train of thought that the Dolphins, and, and more specifically Tua, can't perform well when the weather turns wouldn't be a narrative that it is. Uh, it, it's It's – I don't know. I, I don't believe much in narratives. Um, since the turn of the calendar and, and into the, the quote-unquote colder weather, the Dolphins have only lost two games. They lost they – got, they got boat raced by the Ravens. Nope. It happens. Every Everybody has a bad game. That was a, a terrible game. They also lost at home to the Titans – in a game where if they play that game a hundred times, the Dolphins win ninety nine of those hundred times. Um, it, it's just they have more wins the second half of the season than they do the first half of the season. So I don't know why people don't think that they can play when the weather changes or when the calendar turns. Like if you look at the record and what they've done on the field, yeah, they've won in December. They won three of their four games in December. They've won three of their four games in October. I'm sorry, in, in November, rather, excuse me. So and now it's in, it's January. And, and while I'm not overly confident, just because I'm a, I'm a heartbroken Dolphins fan. If we go out and win in uh, uh, this weekend on Sunday night, like, you know, they're one and zero in January. So yeah, I, I think these guys can play in, in, in the cold. I think it's ridiculous to think that they can't. Well, it's going to be one where the whole country's tuning in. People, whether you're from Western New York or South Florida, will be hoping and praying that uh, their team will reign supreme in the AFC East because I think we're happy that New England's not in, not not controlling this division. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, between the New England fans and the Jet fans, like I'm glad they have nothing to say this year. Their their teams have been really really bad. Um, maybe they could. Maybe the, maybe the Jets and Pats should smash each other's tables this weekend. <laughs> Let's just go out and tie. That would be awesome. Have those two teams go out and tie this weekend. We we're not going to declare a winner between the two. We're, you guys get the tie. I mean, there were three over times in what week eighteen a couple of years ago. Maybe those teams would tie and play and play a nil-nil tie. That would be funny if if. If Bill Belichick's last game in New England is a tie with the Jets, that would be hilarious. I don't think Belichick. Will, I don't think Belichick will stand for losing to the Jets, right? But that, well, he's not going to lose. They're, they tied. <laughs> I might be even worse. No, I think I think I think New England will will win this week. I, let me ask you: You think they? Uh, you think they get rid of Bill Belichick? You think he walks away? I don't think New. Uh, 
I don't think New England fires Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick just leaves. I think Bill, Bill Belichick will do one or two things. Bill Belichick's not coaching the Chargers. He's an he's an East Coast guy. If anything, Bill Belichick might coach the Commanders. I don't think the Bills are getting rid of John McDermott. Washington's got a ton of money, money, good, really good weapons with McLaurin, Samuel, uh, Dotson. So he wouldn't have to draft a wide receiver. No, but he'd have to draft the quarterback because because Sam Howell is not the quarterback for. Maybe the commanders could draft about 72 offensive linemen. <laughs> that, that that they need to do. That they definitely need, need to do. Um, but no, I Bill Belichick's a hard one for me because he's so close to breaking Don Shula's all-time coaching victory record. Uh, I think he's like 36 games away or something like that. It's it's really, really close. He's 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 the closest active coach to breaking that record. And I think, I think he absolutely wants to step away from the game with the record of being the most winningest coach in NFL history. I think that means a lot to him. He'll never admit it publicly, but I think it, it means a lot to him. And I think he wants to break that record. And if he has to go to LA for two or three years to break that record, I would not be surprised if he does. You wouldn't have to draft a quarterback. Nope. You wouldn't have to draft a quarterback. Doesn't have to draft wide receivers. He's got some pieces on defense. You know, they got some players on defense that are that are actually pretty good. Uh, Derwin James, Khalil Mack is still playing at a, at a pretty high level. Derwin James is probably gone from Melbourne anyway. If I think if Bill Belichick comes in, James stays. I think I think that's a I think I don't think he'll go anywhere if Bill Belichick comes in as the head coach. What 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 Bill Belichick really needs to do is is and it doesn't matter if it's in New England, if it's in LA, if it's in Washington, it doesn't matter where it is. He needs to be the coach. Not the GM. He needs to be the coach. He's not a very good talent evaluator. At least that we in my opinion that we have seen he, he's he's traded second round picks in numerous years for wide receivers that just never worked out. He for he traded for Devontae right. Parker. He he traded I forget who did he trade a second round pick for a couple of years ago. Do you remember? It was a wide receiver. Uh, Mohammed Sanu. Mohammed Sanu, yes, down to Atlanta. Uh it, it just it hasn't worked out. And then you look at the guys he drafts in the first round. Like, yeah, like, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just, the it, Christian it, it, look, looks really good. Yeah, it, it's just he he's not a good GM, he's not a very good talent evaluator. What he excels at, and I, I still believe he does this better than anybody in the NFL right now, is X's and O's. Like, that guy coach his butt off. Uh, nobody knows X's and O's like Bill Belichick. There's not Bill Belichick has forgotten more X's and O's than half in the NFL know. Uh, and, and, and that's just the honest to God's truth. Um, I, I don't think he needs to be bringing in the talent. I think he needs to work with a GM, GM, make the ultimate decision. 
get somebody in there who's a better Italian evaluator. And if he stays in New England, I think he needs to step back in his role as GM and just be the coach. And I think eventually he will get that team but not not as dominant as they were with the with Tom Brady, obviously. But I think he'll get that that ship going the right way, and in four or five years he'll actually break Don Shula's record. All right, George. Uh, good luck to your Dolphins this weekend, and maybe and hopefully uh, there'll be three divisional titles in the state of Florida on Sunday. That would be absolutely fantastic. Because Bucks in the NFC South, Jags in the UC yep. South, and of course your Dolphins. Yep, that would that would be great for the state of Florida. I can't recall the last time, and I don't think it's ever happened that we've had three division champions all from the same state, uh, being the state of Florida. So that would be that would be phenomenal. I would love to see that. 